do the smashing together noise again. to the Electronic Wireless Show, episode 82, on this, the 23rd of May, 2019. Uh, I am Alice Bell of rockpapershotgun.com, and I'm joined today by, and only by, there's no third, by the lovely Brendan Caldwell of rockpapershotgun.com. How are you, Brendy? Hello, I am good. It's good to be here on the rockpapershotgun.com electronic wireless show. Thanks, thanks for Again. joining us. Uh, <laughs> you're a friend of the show, yeah. I am a good friend of the show. <laughs> uh, we uh, we are here today. Well, it's a, we're sort of a bit on on the hop almost because loads of people are away this week, or sort of not not here, not away, but like not here today. So that's why there's only two of us. Uh, and I was away last week, so I have no idea what's going on. I was on holiday in. Ireland, but not Brendy's bit of Ireland, the other bit. The south of the island of Ireland. The free bit of Ireland. <laughs> I went to a hurling match, it was great. Do you want to, ex- you should explain oh, hurling yeah, okay. to listeners at home who don't know what hurling is, and it will be funny for me to hear. So, hurling is like lacrosse, but like more, like... <laughs> It's like lacrosse, but you're like, oh no, someone could genuinely die. Um, <laughs> so it's 15 lads. So first of all, imagine a football pitch, but wider. Um, and then there's 15 lads on each team. And there are there's a, a net goal, like football. Uh, and then above that, from extending from the top of that, are posts sort of like a rugby uh, goal. And so you get one point for getting the slitter, which is the ball, which is sort of, it's a bit bigger <laughs> than a tennis ball, I think. You're doing, you're doing really well. Thank you. Yeah, one point for getting the slitter through the posts and three points if you can get it in the net past the goalkeeper. And the lads all... Um, oh, and I know the girl version is called Kamogi for no reason. It just is. Mm-hmm. And... So the lads, the 15 lads, they all have a stick, a big stick. It's sort of like, it varies in length, but it's sort of, a, it's sort of long, it's, it's arm-ish length. Um, and it's got a flat bit at the end, and that's called the hurley, or the hurl sometimes. And it's, it's made of ash. And basically what you do is you, you can, you basically, like, you welly the slitter at, like, 90 miles an hour at like head height <laughs> up and down this pitch 
And they only, they only like recently, only a few years ago, was it made mandatory and part of the rules for them to wear helmets. <laughs> Up until like a couple of years ago, it was like, well, you can wear a helmet if you want, but I mean, <sighs> bit girly, mate. And <laughs> and it's just it goes so fast. You can you can pick up the slitter or no you can hold the slitter but you can only go like I think five steps before you have to bounce it off the hurley or like or do something with it isn't you can't just carry it and or you can run so it's like you can run sort of like big egg and spoon with the the slitter on your hurley but um (laughs) but it's very it's like the game itself is so fast like there's no grandstanding after you score it's like cool I've scored move on with your lives let's go and they just keep going there are no names on the back of the shirts and they're all none of them are paid either it's all like these are all amateurs technically um but I was in a stadium with like 30,000 Irish people feeling a bit uh conscious of my accent because I was it was uh Tipperary versus Cork in um the first round of the the Munster Championship before the All Ireland Championship, um, and I was on the Cork side, and they all wear red, and uh, the Cork team are called the Rebels. So I was just there, like, come on, the Rebels, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've described it pretty much grand, yeah. It it was really good. It's a it's a good it's a good sport. It's a very it's a very bleedy sport. Yeah, it's great because it's quite it's quite shovey at times as well. Yeah, you're allowed to just basically shoulder someone out of yeah. the way, <laughs> and like you, the hurlies get smacked against each other and other people quite a lot, and it's just so fast. It was it was really good. Yeah, and and they break quite often as well if someone's hurl hits off mm. somebody else's stick, and it's like and they just break, and then you have to yeah you have to kind of get a new stick really quickly. Yeah. And pe- yeah, because they don't. People dropped them quite a lot as well, and if you drop it, it's like tough luck. <laughs> like the game's carrying on. Pick up your stick. Go the most fun bits are when when people drop the stick, but they've still kind of got the ball, so they can do a couple of things. They can like tap it off their ha- off their own hand, or they can like give it a little boot. Yeah. So <laughs> it's always fun if someone drops their stick and they're just like wildly, desperately just poof <laughs> the ball. <laughs> Yeah, well, sadly, tip one. But what I I thought was uh, nice. Everyone was really nice. There was no hooliganism. There are a bunch of Tipperary fans in our bit, and they didn't get any bother or anything. It was very good. No, because everybody everybody knows each other, so you you get in trouble if you started being a hooligan. <laughs> um, so it was so welcome back to the RPS Sports Podcast. Yeah, we do talk about sport a lot, but hurling hurling is really good, and if you haven't. You don't know about it. You should look it up. I, because I'm pretty sure you can get it on Sky Sports as well, and it's the season now. So you should, uh, if you got Sky Sports, watch a, f- a few, few matches of hurling. It's great. Anyway, yeah, that was my week. I went to two masses. It was good. Oh my god, I went to two. I went to uh, a um confirmation mass that was like two hours, and there was a bishop, but he was like a bit rock and roll. He was he was still like eighty years old or whatever, but he was like he walked down like the pew and was like, "Are you having a good time?" And everyone went, "Yeah," and then he went, "I can't hear you," <laughs> like a pantomime. Yeah, I can't hear you. Are you having a good time? And everyone was a bit like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> It's really good. 
He was like a rock star priest. It's great. You had the most Irish trip. I got told a story about how the priest, the local priest, got caught in a pub in a lock-in by the guards because the pub was doing a lock-in and then they got tipped off. And the guards turned up and, like, crashed their way in. The, the father was hiding behind a curtain and they saw his, his priestly shoes sticking out the bar. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I was like, I didn't know Ireland was going to be this Irish. <laughs> It was great. Anyway, thoroughly recommend Ireland for a trip. It's really close as well and everyone's nice and they're not mean just because you're English. So, although that would be deserved. Anyway. Shall we talk about video games? If we must, yeah. Well, this week we're going to talk about um, games that you may have missed in 2019 so far because we're sort of, we're approaching the halfway mark. So we're going to talk about some good games that we feel may have been missed by by the listeners. Uh, would you like to go first, or shall I? Um, I'll go first. Yeah, well, we thought about it. He wasn't sure. I'll go first. Okay. I'm going to say a very small game called Pawnbarian. Ooh, okay. So think of a, a, a pawn, like in a chess board, but also a barbarian. Think of those two things. Okay. And then ha- have those two things smash into each other. Just... Blah. And there you've got it, Pombarian. It's do, about being... Do the smashing together noise again. Blah. It's cool, good, yeah. Okay, yeah, I've got it. I've got the image in my mind, yeah. And it's about... It's basically a little chess game in which you have cards and the cards get to decide what chess moves you do. And... Uh, the baddies on the board aren't other chess pieces. They're like monsters. So there's an orc that will hurt you, will hurt everything around in the squares around it. Or there's like slime balls that will explode and create smaller slimes, and they'll hurt certain squares around each other. There's little ninjas who will like hop towards you if there's a space next to you free, and they'll hurt you next turn if you don't get away from them. <laughs> and it's all played on a very small like chess board. I think it's even smaller than a regular chessboard. Uh, and you just play these cards in a very... It's like Slay the Spire. You get cards one after the other. It's just a little neat little puzzle game. But chess puzzle games are usually quite boring and thinky. And this one's a lot more like instinctive. It's like you, you can play it as quickly as you play a game of Slay the Spire. It's really good fun. And it's free. Ooh. Free as... A chess game ought to be. As free as a chess game ought to be. Um, Pawnbarian. I'm gonna link it in the in the description. So definitely, I think people should check it out. Is it on the old on the old Steams or is it like a an itch? It's it's on the old itch for now, and I think the developer is he's he's continuing with it. So he's gonna make like a I think he's gonna make like a more fleshed out version, or they're gonna make a more fleshed out version. Um, that's cool it's gonna be I don't know how different it's gonna be or whether it's what's on itch now will just be like the first world or something but I really hope I really hope it does get expanded a bit because it, it's a lot of fun How? what drew you to it did you get told about it did you get a wreck or did, did you just see it just saw a, ra- a rando tweet that was little chess pieces and someone saying it was free games pretty good and I went 
all right, I've got a second. I'll check out the free game that seems pretty good. And they weren't lying. It was. It's good. The PC Gamer, you can tell it's good. PC Gamer did a whole, they just devoted a whole page to it. And it's so it's such a small game and it doesn't take a huge amount of time. You kind of think, why traditionally an editor might not give like a whole page of content, no, of content words to such a tiny free game. Mm. But it really deserves it. It's it's just it's just small, but strong. Like it's a might like a pawnbarian would be, you know. <laughs> well, that's cool. So you know, games to suit every every pocket. I don't like. I neither like nor understand chess. Or maybe if maybe if I understood chess, I would like it. But I've never learnt to play chess. Is it accessible for someone like me, who only knows you... that the horsey does an L shape? If you, you you want it's not like it's not like as difficult as chess. You only ever have um you only ever have one piece on the board and it's this little helmeted man, the the barbarian. So you'll move according to whatever the little card is that you play. So if you play a little pawn card, you'll move one bit forward or you'll attack like diagonally. So you do kind of need to know what the what the pieces of chess do to get it. But you could probably learn what the pieces of chess do through playing this game. Okay. But there's no, like, difficult, annoying chess rules, like, uh, en passant, or whatever, however you pronounce that rule. Uh, uh, bless you. I was... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the only one I know is the horsey one. I am going to recommend... So, oh, Well, I'm going to start with the one that I think probably most people will have played, but still... I want to big it up because it it got a bit of of coverage and buzz and stuff. But uh, Baba is you, which mm. um, came out at the start of the year, uh, and I think it's on Switch now as well. Which is this really cool um, puzzle game where, like, you play Baba, who I am fairly sure is a sheep creature because it's like Baba. <laughs> But other people have said like oh. a rabbit or like. Well, what do you think he is? It. They. No, now that now, now that you say, sheep Baba, it makes so much sense. <laughs> yeah, I'm going with sheep. Yeah. Anyway, some kind of amorphous, fluffy little little animal with eyes, uh, and you. The basically you have to. There, there is a win state for each level which is usually like a key um, that, and you have to touch whatever it is that will win you the level uh, but the puzzle is that all this is defined by uh, kind of word blocks that you can push around which is why it's called Baba is You so somewhere on screen there will be these word blocks and one will say Baba is You but you could push that around so that Baba is something else or you are something else so you, you could change it to like you is rock and things um, or like it might it might say like key is win uh, water is death and the key is the other side of a river but you could put, so you push the death out of the way of that sentence and then the you can cross the water and that kind of thing and they get really complicated because sometimes like you'll be floating but the words won't be floating, so you can't touch the words and stuff. Or sometimes you can't push 
rocks around in the right way. It's really, really good. And it's really, it's, it's difficult. But in that way that when you figure something out, you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, obviously. Obviously it was that. Um, <laughs> obviously Baba was tree. Yeah, exactly. What a fool yeah. I've been. There's one that's really good where it goes like the the word blocks you get are like rose is red, violet is blue. Uh, and then the, I can't remember. And then it's like Baba is you is the last one. It was really funny. Um <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's really good, and it's also like it—you can instantly restart, or you can instantly undo things that you've just done. Um, and it's super, super, super good. Uh, it's made by, um, I think the the development studio that is called uh Hempuli Oi, but it's um by a developer called RV, whose last name I cannot remember, but he is also one of the developers uh who's um. Uh, part of Nola Games, who are making Noita, the game with all the where every pixel is um, oh, animated. Is he? Yeah, and um, it's just great. Yeah, have you played it? I've played a little bit. I played a little bit, a little bit on the Switch, but um, it got too hard for me, and I'm really impatient, <laughs> and I just kind of, I just kind of gave up after a certain point because I was like, why isn't Baba water? Why? Why? What is this? What is this wall getting in my way for so much? Why have I suddenly become the wall and now the wall is moving around the level? I don't like it. Um, it's all, it's good, my... like, there's just stuff that you don't think you can do until you realise you can do it. Like, I remember on one level it said, like, wall is stop, and then I kept trying to, like, get out of the room. And then I was like, oh, I just pushed the stop out of the way and then you can walk through walls. Like, yeah, it, it's, it's super good, but... When it gets to the later stuff, it 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 gets very complicated to the point where there are loads of statements in the level, and it's just a matter of kind of figuring out which ones go together. And then, but but then there's it's got that is it Sokoban the kind of game design where you're pushing mm. blocks around so that if in a very cramped room you can't push a block in a certain way because another block is already there. And it's just about trying to figure that out as well as figure out which words. And yeah. Sokoban games, I, I, I can't stand Sokoban games. <laughs> just re- they just really annoy me. So I guess probably not for you if you don't like Sokoban games. But if you do, if you like logic-y, puzzly things like, you know, Sudoku, whatever, then it's definitely one t- to check out. And Baba is really cute as well. He's a cute little little thing. Little sheep. He gets a little uh, love interest at one point, doesn't he? Yeah, I can't remember that that one's name. Bobo. Is it? Or are you fa, just making fa. it up? I, I don't know. I'm making things up now. Well, thank you for taking this seriously. Uh, what's your next game? <laughs> um, I am going to say uh, Objects in Space, Ooh. which is... Uh, a little I might have spoken about it on the podcast before I'm not sure it's a space sim but everything's very lo-fi uh, like PlayStation 1 era graphics um, poly, poly low poly I believe they call it and uh, it's 
very similar to real space sims where you're just kind of trading things or you're going from port to port or doing whatever except you get this spaceship and it's it's basically like a big toy and all the different buttons do different things and it's very confusing to begin with and you don't know what how to turn your engine off and you have to take you have to take panels off with a screwdriver and kind of look around inside and replace little bits of a chipboard and you go onto a space station you're like can i is there a shop nearby that i can get a new circuit board for my for my like stealth drive and uh it's just very it has like it's a space game about learning how to use your giant toy ship and uh it's really fun it has like a limited lifespan because at a certain point it just becomes about trading trading like water for money between two ports and it's like that's every space sim always comes down to that so you can't at that point you can turn it off the fun's been had but until but the, up to that point it's a really fun kind of thing to play with you like kind of complexy spacey things don't you like i love them yeah like machines and that and figuring out because i i i don't like having too many bits if that makes sense my my i i get it because it's quite overwhelming at first but it always brings me back to like being a child with like a giant like one of those giant fisher price toy phones that has like 20 buttons on it and you're like oh i can't wait to find out which sign the square makes and you're just like slamming the square and it goes moo and you're like oh give me more of this what about the star shape what does it do and you slam the star shape and it makes that parrot noise and you're like oh come on let's keep going and i don't think that feeling of like pressing buttons to see what happens has ever really left me so when you get given a big spaceship, it's like combines that childlike feeling with uh, the the you know the sci-fi fantasy of being like a space captain. Mm-hmm. And it's like one of the reasons why I like Elite, even though Elite Dangerous is a really quite boring game. Once you get into the gamey part of moving stuff around and shooting things over and over again, but the first the first like few hours of it, like pressing a button and suddenly you've, you're self-destructing. Is is just so much fun, mm. uh. and objects in objects in space is like a small, cheaper, you know, cheerful version of that. I mean, in real life, pressing buttons that you don't know what they'll do awful, just to see what they will do is not idea. recommended. <laughs> RPS does not encourage you to do that. If you're on a flight, don't burst into the cockpit and just start flicking switches. Because Brendy no. says it's fun. You lunatic, no. Brendan. You save that for objects in space or Fisher-Price toys, okay? <laughs> I wonder if Fisher-Price do a spaceship now. That would be mint. Oh, I gotta. I go around, you know, my relations houses now, and they have, you know, kids are about six. The toys they have, mate, I never got, I never got like a, a you know, remote control unicorn that you can sit on the back of or any of that i don't like do you know we like genuinely sometimes if me and my little brother had been good mum would let us each pick a cardboard box from the uh from the shop from after she did the food shop 
because they would put spare cardboard boxes at the side and we'd each be allowed to pick a box to take home and turn into a spaceship. That was our toy. That sounds excellent. We were I, so excited to get the cardboard. Back, things were better in my day. <laughs> I got a nice flashback. My um, my sister's kids, her and her kids, are, are over visiting my parents. And I get regular little videos and f- pictures of them from, from granny and granddad's house. And uh, it's fun to see that the, the things they give my niece and nephew are exactly the things that we would be given to play with so basically we give videos of my my niece playing with the hoover and it's just uh. because my mum is doing the hoovering and she's like oh we'll bring the baby in we'll let her play, let her play with the hoover <laughs> or she gives she gives my nephew a big tub of soapy water and a sponge and just sends him out onto the patio and goes, there you are, learn to sponge the patio. There's no benefit to be got from sponging the patio. But she's just like, there you are, do a bit of patio cleaning. And it's like, great. Well, it's good to instill those values, you know, keeping the patio clean. (laughs) I I guess. (laughs) And that's why... I cannot abide dirt on my patio to this day. <laughs> oh my god, what a specific therapy session. Uh, more ga- video games, they're a thing. Um, so another one I'm going to recommend is Glass Masquerade 2, um, which by a studio called Onyx, Onyx Late Loot. I can't read my old handwriting, but um, it, it's basically like a jigsaw but a jigsaw of um these quite intricate uh stained glass windows. They're circular and they're all a bit weird. They're all sort of like it will be like, you know, a a pumpkin that has a a face and like a, a is holding court over like other kind of evil pumpkins or a river that's got loads of disembodied hands reaching out of it and stuff. Um, they're all sort of like imagine the stained glass windows that like Helena Bonham Carter would have in her house. They're all sort of that, <laughs> um, but they're re- so they're they're creepy, really pretty, and like um, you can. There are different uh, difficulties, so you can play the same puzzle with like more pieces, or uh, if you want, basically the because it's a circle. So if you want the game to mark out the edge pieces for you. It can, because uh, it's quite difficult to find them otherwise. Because the, the the shapes aren't regular; they're not normal jigsawy. They're all a bit weird. Um, so, it's, so it's got replayability. Let's score everything like oh. it's the nineties again. Um, okay. Sound, uh, seventy. It's nice, but it's just the kind of twinkly, creepy, like sort of you know. What's it like for graphics? Uh, graphics. <laughs> uh, graphics. Uh, 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 I would say eighty-seven uh, out of a hundred, because nice. it does look really, really nice. But actually, I have encountered a bit of slowdown if you're playing on the hard difficulty and you have loads and loads of pieces. It can actually sort of slow down a bit with the because you click and drag pieces from the outside of the puzzle. And to cycle through the available pieces, you have to sort of scroll, like spin round, and they'll sort of spin round the outside. Um, like, you know, like 
a, a, a board of like like re- like sushi going around at yo sushi but a bit of jigsaw <laughs> and uh when you've got loads of pieces that can actually slow slow down a tad um but it, it looks really nice and um, what else would you do re- yeah replayability 10 out of 10 i guess because jigsaw I, basically i just really like jigsaws i used to do them with my granddad um and and so I, and now i just i really like jigsaws and i will like I will have like a massive jigsaw on the go while I'm watching TV and stuff. But the thing is right now I live in one room uh, and it's not big enough for me to do a big jigsaw on the floor and watch the TV at the same time. Um, So all the jigsaws are under my bed, but I can play a nice jigsaw on the old computer. So I'll do that instead. There you go. That had everything, that review. It had a personal childhood memory. It, it had all the, the scores divided out. Fantastic. <laughs> Dude, you must like Gorogoa then, because it's a bit like a, a jigsaw, but a weird one. Oh yeah, Gorogoa is amazing. Big fan of Gorogoa. But Gorogoa, I, ca- I can't play again, almost. It's like one of those movies you watch and you're like, that was brilliant. Never going to watch that again. Like Schindler's List. Yeah, date movie. <laughs> It's really not. <laughs> yeah, that that was the joke. Oh, I get it. What else is on our lists? Uh, I've got one more. Have you got another one? I've got another one. You go on then. I, Throw I've it at me. Sk- skater XL. You're famously a great skater, aren't you? Yeah. I'm a, a very excellent skater in real life. Um, I can do an ollie standing on the spot. So that's that's pretty highly skilled. If you know, if yeah, you. Yeah. If you don't know skateboarding, listener, you should know that if you can do a small ollie while not moving after, let's say, 20 attempts, that, I think that, that basically puts you into, like, not pro status, but quite high up there. Yeah, yeah. That's the, so, one of the so hardest I'm, things to do, they say. So, mm-hmm. so, so I'm there at that level. Yeah. You'll, you'll be, uh, like, at, the, you know, the street games any, any day now. Yeah, but Skater XL kind of lets you just get a little bit better than that so that you're doing other tricks too. And it's um it's a lot like the old skate games uh that who made them? I can't remember. Um the old skate games that everybody always wants a a, a sequel to or a remake of Skate 4. Uh, where, yeah, where both your 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 controller stick, you know, your dual sticks kind of control your feet um and it's very you know realistic um and it's just really good fun because when you fall your character kind of ragdolls around and if if you jump into a railing and your knees hit off the railing you just kind of take a wild tumble right over Mm. it it's just it's just a lot of fun to fall and even professionals and semi-professionals like myself to fall from time to time. It's nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah. And Skater XL lets you fall without hurting yourself. I think that's a very admirable video game thing to do. And I really liked it. That's good. My work, so we used to play, we had all like the Tony Hawk and the, uh, and skate and stuff. Cause my little brother was well into like surfing and skateboarding while he was a teenager. And my mum would watch him playing and then and she'd be like, and he'd do these disastrous things and fall over. My mum took the opposite view and was always like, I think once, if you 
look, he's really hurt himself there. You shouldn't be able to play as that skater now for two weeks. <laughs> While he's she wanted a, hard, a hardcore skater sim. Yeah. Like, like if, a, if a dude properly stacked it, she's like, he wouldn't be able to skate on that ankle. <laughs> Oh, that's brilliant. How how does it like it, so it, it's more like skate like the skate series than Yeah, it's very like, like it's very like those. The version that's on Steam right now is really uh is really basic. It's got one level more or less or it did whenever I last played and it's kind of just a a, a place full of concrete and small long reels to grind and a few steps and uh it's just very, it's very very basic. It's very bare bones right now, but you, you they've they've got the kind of controls and the two the two leggedness. They've got that down pretty pretty well, uh, and I think if they just make more levels and let you dress up your skater boy in some cool punk rock clothes, then you know it'll be. Game of the year by the end of the year. Wow. It will be game of the year. And very true. But it will be it will be in our end of year games you might have missed from the full year of twenty nineteen oh, podcast. There you go, get a little sneak peek of what's to come. Uh my last one is one we've talked about a couple of times on the site. Um uh it's an early access um sort of city well town builder, I get well city if you get up to it. Um a game called Foundation uh, by Polymorph Games, and this is, it's a medieval like little town builder, and it, it's it's just it's really lovely. Um, the some of the controls are a bit obtuse when you start playing, but they're putting in more tutorial bits and instructions and stuff now. But basically, you just you can choose whether you want to start in the countryside or by the beach or whatever, and then you just, you have a few citizens, and then you get them to work, you know, picking berries, and then you paint an area for wood chopping and resource gathering, and then you paint an area for where they build their houses, and they just get on with it, and they just build you a really idyllic village. It's a really good second screen game. It's a really good, I pop it on at lunch sometimes, as sort of like a screensaver, and I can just watch them going about their business. I tell you what, my economy really kicked off to the next level when I switched from uh, berries as the main food to uh, fish and then bread. And it's just like the whole game is designed to look really nice in screenshots because I've got, I've got my town with two little churches and then I've got on the hill above that, I've got my wheat farm and my windmill and my sheep. It's just Do very... Bucolic. Do you get do you get to choose where you put your windmills and your churches and stuff, or do the villagers do like everything? No, so you can actually that. Well, that's the thing. So like, you you they'll just sort of get on. I mean, you can assign jobs. You sort of need to do that, otherwise no one will fish. Um, but you and you you know build little market stuff. But like individual sort of key buildings, you plop down yourself where you want them and. Uh, they um some of them like the church for example you have actually a bit more of control over, so you can uh change the height of the tower or the angle of the 
maybe you know little side buildings or where the door is and stuff so it, it, you can make a church your church and you can make you know the um the lord's house the manor house like your manor house you can put an extra story on it and then you can go back and like when you've unlocked kind of further perks you can go back and put another story on it or you know unlock different kind of architectural elements to to splat on it um which is really cool and then the rest of the time you're just watching your little because you can zoom in really close as well so you can just watch everyone go about their day go to the market buy a t-shirt it's great (laughs) <laughs> can you build so you can build multi-story towers of manor house can you build like a 10 story tower in which the mayor of the village lives in splendid isolation in the penthouse suite as he looks down upon his serfs <laughs> i don't think do that? it's i don't think you could do quite that but you can build castles i haven't got enough resources to build one yet but I had the blueprint for a, a, an initial keep, like a sort of Motten Bailey style thing at the moment, I think. And then you can get like a big stone castle on that as well. And uh, at the moment, it's there's no war, like no one's turned up trying to hustle me for, for my money or people or anything. You just get on with building a village. Occasionally, um, either the workers, the king or the pope will turn up and be like, can you deliver me 40 fish? please in this time frame and you can choose to accept that or not and then if you manage to fulfill that you get sort of points in in either yeah like church crown or you know people and then you then spend those to unlock new buildings down those paths so you can sort of choose where you want to go next sort of thing it's good i quite like the zooming in thing one of my favorite things in city skylines is is kind of it, the, i think there was a mod that could that would let you look from a first person view what your city would be like so you could zoom right in you could like ah. walk around your own little city in city skylines um i don't know if it was a mod or if it was some dlc or something but i remember i think chris livingston a pc gamer uh posted about it so I'll try and link to that so people can see. Yeah, no, it's really good. So definitely, yeah, like I said, in early access now, but it's so nice and it's such a night because stuff like, I like I didn't get into City Skylines or Anno or things like that because they just become so kind of granular, so micromanagey. And this, the the aim really is just to make a nice village. <laughs> You know, there's no infrastructure. I'm not having to lay pipes or anything. I don't even have to do roads. The roads just naturally form where the, the villagers walk. <laughs> it's great. 10 out of 10. Replayability? Oh, endless. Yeah, definitely. 100. <laughs> uh, should we do what we've been playing? I'm happy to talk a, a bit about what we've been playing. All right, let's do that. <laughs> What have you been playing this week, Brendan? I have been playing Pathologic 2. Ah, uh, yes. The review's up, so if you'd rather just read the full thoughts, go there. I won't speak about it for too long because we don't have too much time left. But it's... But... <laughs> oh, no. Um, I don't know. It's difficult to describe. It's a difficult game. 
it's hard and the hardness of it i think is not is pretty much expected by a lot of people because the, the game it's based on was hard pathologic the first was a a it could be described as an immersive sim where you go into an odd kind of town on the step and people are dying of sickness and you're a doctor and you have to cure people and the town is a weird town in which weird things happen and you just have to kind of live there and deal with it and investigate all the stories and mysteries that unfold in, in that town. Pathologic 2 is basically a reboot of that and it's shinier looking and it has some new little things involved but it has kept the difficulty and from what I've played of the old one I didn't play the old one too long but from what I've played it, it feels harder <laughs> and I I didn't like that it's got um like survival mechanics very old-fashioned survival mechanics so basically there's like five different meters you've got your hunger you've got your exhaustion you've got your uh stamina you've got your thirst you've got your uh what else is there like a, an immunity meter because you can be immune to the disease to begin oh, with yeah, but if yeah. that gets too low you'll get infection you'll get an infection and that will turn into an infection meter and this all kind of affects your health um so it is designed so that you will die at some point if not a lot and when you die you get an extra little punishment put on you like it'll cut off a bit of your health meter or it'll make you go hungry more hungry faster Oof. um I'm... and it just piles those on top of on top of each other every time you die so when you start to die uh, when you die once you start to die more and it just keeps going like that and a lot of this gets in the way of all the really good stuff, which is the cool atmosphere of the town and the really interesting characters and the interesting writing. And I didn't like that. I wanted to enjoy the game. I wanted to enjoy the art, but I got kicked out of the exhibition because I couldn't eat enough bread. So, <laughs> so it's it's set over like 12 days, right? And yeah. you can do a certain amount of things, so you can't do everything or that kind of stuff. Um, when you die, does it sort of re? Do you go back to like day one, or if you die on day three, do you then like respawn on day three or day four, or like? No, it's got a. This is probably as well one of the things that really kills it for me is that the save system is. It's got there are clocks in certain houses, and you can go up to a clock in these houses, and they're quite rare, or more rare than I'd like maybe. And you hold, you press the clock, and it goes okay, game saved, whatever. But it's not saved in like a, a file that you can choose from. It's just there's just one playthrough. And you've, you're you always going to go back to that save if you die. Like your most recent save. Um, and when you go back to that save, you'll have the health or the infection or the, the low amount of stuff in your inventory that you had whenever you saved. So if you save in a poor state and you die, you're going to yeah. reanimate in that poor state. But this time you'll probably have you'll get thirstier faster mm. or whatever punishment they've done to you so you can get caught and i did get caught in this death loop basically where it was impossible to get out of um and i just feel like that's that's really just kind of cut the whole game off mm. at the knees because from reading your review like i know you love like you know souls get it's not like it's hard that you object to right it like it's it it feels more like the 
hardness is kind of introduced or sort of arbitrarily rather than to it's like... not even though it's, it's it's arbitrary no it's more like the difficulty is boring <laughs> <laughs> it's it's boring difficulty it's difficulty that's a bunch of meters that are like old survival game meters that i don't even like in survival games being too punishing because you're stopping to stuff your face with stuff through annoying inventory screens or you know you're doing boring stuff like in a souls game or in another hard game that's about reacting or learning how to do a move in a certain time like twitch based stuff i can get on board with difficulty in those games because it's just a very simple matter of getting better and also when you die in dark souls you still kind of learn a little bit and you you kind of you can think okay well i didn't duck that or i I didn't dodge that hit and i need to learn that he does this strike after this or whatever but in pathologic 2 you can't learn how to be better at like you can't learn how to find bread faster it's just down to luck it's like i open this drawer is there bread there or is there not i don't know it's like um does it make sense like could you like if you break into a house will there be food in the kitchen kind of thing or is it just sometimes there will be bread in a container no i said this in the review the food is really scarce if you break in you can break into houses you can burglarize places and that's good and it's cool that you if you burglarize a place the citizens of that area of the town will not like you and they'll they can sometimes, you know, attack you or they'll stop wanting to trade with you. Um, they'll they'll grow to hate you. And I think that's really cool. Um, but there's almost no point to go robbing houses because there's so little of use in them that it's not worth the hassle because the trade is where you, you can get things by trading. And again, the pe- people, when they trade, they don't have much of use to you either. So it's just this kind of game of scarce, sc- scarcity. Mm. And it's not, for me, it wasn't like a, not fun, but like, it wasn't like interesting scarcity or fun inter- scarcity. It wasn't, it didn't say anything. It just got in my way mm. and it was just mundane. And it was like, that's annoying. I, I, it's an annoying hardness. <laughs> Well, I mean, I guess search was pathologic that a lot of people that are going to like pathologic too will have already decided that because um, it was there. There were a lot of you know it was kickstarted. Pathologic two was kickstarted because people, you know, liked pathologic. Um, yeah. But yeah, I this doesn't sound like it's for me. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people will be um, will be happy to play it for a bit. And be like, okay, yeah, it's really hard. They'll get the kind of atmosphere from it. They'll soak it up. And after a few hours, they'll be like, okay, you know, I got what I wanted from that. It's cool. It's really difficult. It's annoying. You know, it's 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 harsh. Um, and then they won't complete it. <laughs> but that'll be enough for them. But for me, I just felt like it was a shame to lock out the interesting story and the mystery of it because of this because of these other annoying little things. Like, I wanted I wanted to get to day 12, but mm. I find it impossible to do that. Well, that's a shame. Um, I will quickly mention, just before we, we go to uh, listener responses, uh, that I have played Life is Strange 2, episode 3. Uh, Brendan and myself will be, will be doing a, a 
verdict on that when he's played it. Uh, this one, I, I think I probably enjoyed the most. Um, really? Because I, yeah, because I had the mo- the strongest reaction to it, which was that I hated a lot of the characters in it. <laughs> Uh, and I'm still not sure if I was meant to hate them all so much, but it did elicit like the uh, the the most emotional response so far. Although I do think that uh, the Diaz brothers have suffered for me because I recently played uh, a Plague Tale Innocence, which has the cutest little boy in it. Uh, Hugo in a Plague Tale is a doll and I love him and he's amazing and he's so re- like he's so real and not creepy and annoying uh he's just a great little kid and so so like the the Diaz brothers this this week I was like ah, shut up like <laughs> uh but I will save fully discussing it now for for a, for our written thoughts on it Brandy. That's good. That's promising that you've enjoyed it the most out of all of them so far. Because, yeah, that makes me want to play it a little bit sooner. Yeah. It's definitely the the weirdest. It uh, it does the weirdest things of, of the three so far. Okay, cool. Yeah. Intrigued. There'll be a lot to talk about, I'm sure. Uh, shall we see what the readers have been saying? Let's do it. <laughs> Uh, so every week when we record the podcast, we put uh, a question on Twitter at Rock Paper Shot and on our Facebook page, uh, and uh, ask you the question that we are answering. So this week we asked you what games you think people might have missed so far this year. And we've got a few answers, uh, both. On Facebook and Twitter, someone's asked what the picture is from, and it is from Objects in Space. Brendy's fave. Uh, I've got some interesting answers. So Astrid Johnson has said Hard Coded, um, which is uh, a game that she wrote about for us. Um, and it's a uh, pornographic, very explicit, actually, indie game that's kind of by and for largely for trans women. Uh, but also like cyberpunky and uh, kind of about like uh, you know set against the backdrop of dystopia and stuff like you know Mills and Boone but f- for for the sci-fi nerd. <laughs> Hell is other demons. Ooh, Lenin, which we have covered the Steam release of. They say I don't. I don't. I don't know, I don't know that one. Let me look it up. That's shameful, isn't it? We do we do talk to the other people who work on the site. <laughs> well, this is about games you may have missed, and if we have missed this, then that is well, a good shot. A juicy arcade shooter with a bold colour scheme and heavy synthwave soundtrack. Ooh, that does look very nice. Is it a twin stick shooter? I'm trying to figure out from the the video. Yes, I'm gonna say. Uh, am I? Am I done? Oh, it's all well. It's um, it it kind of looks more <laughs> more platformy. Now that I'm looking okay. at it, the tags, user-defined tags, are action indie pixel graphics and great soundtrack. So if the if the listener could just imagine a twin twin stick shooter platformer indie pixel 
game. Uh, side scroller difficult. It replay value. Yes. <laughs> Bullet hell platformer roguelite fast paced two D arcade shooter retro atmospheric. Well, and stylized. God, Steam tags are useless, aren't they? Yeah, it's a video game. They could have just replaced all those with video game. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. What's Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? Well, that's a movie. It is a movie, but it's... uh, I think the joke is that, like, that's the distillation of an action movie. Mm. I think. Ed Boucher says, One Finger Death Punch 2 is a work of art. I never played the first One Finger Death Punch. Also, does One Finger Death Punch 2 mean it's the same, but you have to use two fingers? Or punch the person twice? Two finger death punches. Two finger, two death punch. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably it. I don't think we've seen any more. Gestalt OS, says someone. Gestalt OS. What is the? Oh, oh, this is about... This is about... What is it about? It's like a... Some kind of inventory management goal. One of his, This is mad. This is good. What is it? Pool has suggested this. It seems like a... I'm gonna link to this so the people listening can see what we've what we are now just playing with ourselves. You kind of click and drag little shapes into a box, and they do a certain thing. What's happening? Uh, and I guess the point is to learn what the things do. Yeah, they all do different things. Oh, ah, I see. Okay. Oh. Yeah, we did miss this, and and maybe we shouldn't have. Okay. Okay. What? <laughs> why is it? Why is the X? Oh. Wondrous. This is this is really my Fisher Price toy of the day. There you go. What does you the just... X do? Ooh! Ah! <laughs> okay, Gestalt OS. I will link to this. This is a game by Increpare, who does um, various different small little games, and uh, they're very often good. And this is <gasps> this is more of that. Have we Whoa. posted about this yet? Maybe we should get on this. Yeah, Alice would love this. This is great. Thank you. Ooh, oh, God, it's so weird. This is great. What do you do? Uh. <laughs> okay, cool. We'll save that for later. <laughs> I think that's probably it this week. Um, thank you so much for everyone who replied. And thank you to you, dear listener, for listening to the Electronic Wireless Show, Rock, Paper, Shotguns, uh, video game podcast, and the only video game podcast you need, in my opinion. Uh, thank you, Brendy, for joining me this week. Thank you. And is there any any pluggables you want to plug? Anything anything interesting? Oh, you... we, we do a thing. We do a yeah. thing now where we say a th- we say a thing that there's in a video game that we like. I forgot. I've been forgetting to do this while you've been gone. Yeah. Uh, um. Well, shall I? I'll go first. Uh, I'm going to recommend the YouTube channel ContraPoints, uh, which is one of those. Uh, you know how there are loads of like alt right angry boys that do like hour long videos about why women and feminists are terrible or why games journalists are stupid. Uh, so ContraPoints is sort of the opposite. ContraPoints does like really amazing long video essays uh, about like really interesting um, uh, kind of social issues and, and to do with, uh, she's a trans woman, so she uh, talks a lot about that in a really interesting way that is funny and helpful to stupid cis people like myself uh, and she's great and good and I will stand contrapoints to anyone I'm going to recommend a book about dinosaurs <laughs> that's good what, wildly like, different 
well, that's good. It means like we're like there's a a, a var- variation, a, a smorgasbord. My book is by a guy called Steve Brusata. I don't know how you pronounce his surname, but it's a, it's called The Rise and Fall of the Dinosaurs, and it's a really easy to understand um, book about how. Uh, like the evolution of dinosaurs and exactly what the title says is about how they came to be the, the kings of the world and then died because of a giant rock. Does it have pictures? It does have some pictures. It has yes. loads of pictures of fossils and uh, it explains why uh, dinosaurs have feathers and how we know they have feathers and explains how we know that it was a, an asteroid or a meteor that killed them and not uh, other things, uh, which is something like a lot of people take for granted, like, oh, yeah, a meteor killed the dinosaur, so what? But it actually explains how we know that, and that bit's really interesting. Ooh. It's basically a line of dirt in the ground. Spoilers! Um, it opens with that, though. That's, oh, okay. that's how it opens. It says, I saw a line of dirt in the ground, and I could tell this was the meteor. That's, that's word for word how it opens. That's um, a pretty strong opening. Uh... But yeah, it's a really, it's just a really easy to understand book. It's the equivalent of a ten-minute YouTube video that explains like medieval history to you. That's and, awesome. Uh, but it, it's for dinosaurs. That's really cool because like all kids go through a dinosaur phase as well, don't they? So y- yeah, you can relive that phase, but as a grown-up. That's it. <laughs> uh, cool. <laughs> so thank you everyone for listening. Uh, we will be back next week with uh, I believe Nate is joining us next week. Um, which is very exciting to talk more about games we've been playing and a th- an undecided theme. Remember, if you would like to suggest a theme or send any comments, uh, you can email podcast at rockpapershotgun.com and we will get those emails. Uh, but otherwise, you know, follow us on Twitter and Facebook and all that. But most importantly, go to rockpapershotgun.com for all your PC gaming needs. Say goodbye to the nice people, Brendan. Bye-bye, nice people. Bye. having a good time.